Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Wrap, brought to you by Michigan Medicine Headlines. I'm Dan Elman with the Department of Communication. And I'm your venerable co-host for the day, Jeremy Fallis, also with the Department of Communication. On today's show, we're going to discuss volunteer services and how you can spend time helping out at Michigan Medicine. Now, before we dive into that, be sure to volunteer your time and catch up on any episode of The Wrap you may have missed. You can find the shows on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, or any other podcast hosting platform. New episodes can also be found on the Michigan Medicine YouTube channel and as part of the headlines week in review. All right, let's bring in a plethora of guests who know firsthand about volunteering at Michigan Medicine. First, let's have each of you introduce yourselves and explain what brings you to the show today. Hello, I'm Angie Johnson, and I am Director for Volunteer Services. I'm also Assistant uh, Director for Community Health Services with some divisional oversight uh, within the overarching department. I'm Deanna Scanlon. I'm a Senior Volunteer Coordinator here at UM Health. I'm Courtney Vanderlaan. I'm the Director of Ann Arbor Meals on Wheels, which is a program of the Community Health Services Department. And I'm Brenda Rajakumar. I'm a current undergraduate student at Michigan and a volunteer at the Children's Hospital. Well, love it. Thank you all so much for being here today. Now, Angie, let's start with you. What's new with volunteer services? So much is new with our program. Over the last three years, we've had a huge transition in staffing. We've had a lot of retirements from some previous staff, as well as the director from volunteer services. So we now have um, two new uh, senior coordinators. We have an associate coordinator, um, our admin for our team, and then um, myself as the new director for the volunteer services department. So a lot of um, changes there. Um, in addition, to um, a new database that we have um, that has come up. And the goal there is to ensure that the end user experience is quite friendly, but it also allows us to do our work on the back end more efficiently. So we have a new database system. And then we also have some new requirements that have come out um, over the last three years. And I think that we've all looked at better ways to do things um, after COVID. And from our experiences, we have learned a lot. And so with that, what we've identified is that um, there are there have been some departments that perhaps have volunteers that are volunteering with their departments that have been longtime volunteers here at Michigan Medicine, but need to come through the volunteer services department for full screenings and trainings and placements. And so we've been doing our due diligence to ensure that that is done um, correctly directly, but then also just really shoring up our onboarding process to ensure safety for our um, patients, our staff, and, and volunteers, um, and then also some new changes around age requirements for volunteering. Um, so we have an age requirement that was put in place in 2019. Um, so what that means is that the volunteer can freely come in as an adult and um, sign up to volunteer. Um, if we have a volunteer that is under the age of 18, or we had a previous volunteer that was under the age of 18, what we've encouraged departments to do is create youth-friendly programming. And so that allows for uh, there to be a program manager, for there to be a level of engagement that would engage youth um, on a youth level and from the perspective of an understanding 
for youth. Um, so that's another big change um, that has occurred. Um, we've also transitioned our background screenings um, for one unified background screening for both um, staff as well as volunteers. We're included in that policy language. And what that means is it's uh, the ability for the university to streamline that process and make sure that all volunteers, staff, and faculty are, be are being screened uh, the same. With a lot of the new changes comes um, sometimes longer waits for onboarding, but we're getting to this place now where the systems are more efficient, they're up and running. We've worked out any um, bumps in the road. Um, and so we really encourage volunteers uh, to come on out and sign up. And Angie, I think that's a really nice segue to, to my first question, and, and I'll, I'll direct it toward Deanna. Um, if I'm a student or a faculty member, staff member, you know, can I volunteer at Michigan Medicine? Who typically makes up the roster of volunteers? How does that all work? Sure. Anyone can apply to a volunteer as long as they're 18 years or older. Our volunteer base is about 80% college students and about 20% community members. Um, most of the college students are from the University of Michigan, but not always. We do get students from other colleges and universities as well. Um, community members are sometimes retirees or staff members from UM Health or the university, or they're simply an interested person in the community. All right, so then let's say somebody does volunteer and wants to help out. What does the onboarding process look like? I know Angie mentioned that it's a little bit different right now. Uh, what does onboarding look like? Um, we have general volunteers and we have pre-assigned volunteers, um, and it, it is similar for both. Um, volunteers must complete an online application to start, and then we'll send them an email with all the next steps. But the next steps um, can include um, a variety of things, but mostly um, signing off on our code of conduct and our DEI promise. Um, they also have to agree to and pass a background screening. Angie mentioned earlier, we're using Higher Right um, as our uh, vendor now to do those. And then we also will run an iChat uh, through the state of Michigan. Uh, volunteers who are patient facing have to go through occupational health services to be medically cleared. And that generally means they're gonna look at your vaccinations and make sure it's safe for you and the patients for you to come into the facilities. Um, they'll also ask for a TB screening. Um, and then we're coming up on flu season. So that's a big thing. All volunteers have to have a flu shot during flu season. Um, and then we'll provide an orientation for, for the volunteers. And then they also have to go through training for their specific volunteer role. So we know that they know what they're expected to do while they're here. So what are they expected to do? What are the requirements of volunteering? What goes into that? Um, our volunteers do a lot of different things while they're here. Um, some of them work on the inpatient uh, units, some work in outpatient areas, some work offsite, like at the Turner Senior uh, Resource Center. So volunteers can be stocking carts and things for the nurses. Um, they might be escorting patients, families um, around the, the facility because you know it's such a large facility. So um, engaging them that way. Um, in the PACU, they help with setting up the, the surgery beds and things like that. So a lot of different experiences, um, clerical work as well as um, patient contact. Are there a certain amount of days or hours that they have to volunteer? Um, we do request volunteers to commit to two to four hours of time um, on a regular schedule, so um, once per week for a two to four hour shift. Um, and we ask that volunteers really reflect on what their obligations are to their, um, you know, 
schooling, their work, their family before they make the commitment to volunteering. Um, we really do count on our volunteers while they're here. And we do appreciate their um, good attendance. Um, and we want it to be a successful experience. Um, and it's always sad when people go through the whole onboarding process and then they realize, ah, I just don't have the time and they feel overwhelmed. So we really do want people to reflect, can they make the commitment? All right, Courtney, let's turn to you. What does volunteering at Ann Arbor Meals on Wheels look like? And have there been any changes in that volunteer process? Yeah, our uh, biggest volunteering opportunity is helping us deliver meals to our homebound neighbors. Um, so we need uh, almost 90 volunteers every single week right now to help us deliver all of our routes to our neighbors that we serve. Um, so we love our volunteers and we have mostly community volunteers because our volunteering time frame is between 1130 and 1:30 because we're delivering lunch to folks um, and an extra meal for dinner if they want it and so we deliver meals Monday through Saturday and are looking for volunteers who are able to make a commitment to us at least once a month to deliver a route if folks have more availability we love to see them more often because we need so many volunteers every week um, but we have really um, been gr so grateful for our partners and our colleagues and volunteer services who have helped us to really tighten up and streamline our onboarding process. We want to make sure that we are um, doing what we need to do behind the scenes to prepare and equip our volunteers who are going out to, to serve our neighbors in their home environment. So we've got to make sure we're doing our due diligence and doing our appropriate screenings and trainings. And so the work that we've done with volunteer services over the last few years, really, while we revamped so many processes during the pandemic, um, I think has set us all up for great success um, in this new season of volunteering at University of Michigan Health. And and this this might be a better question for Dana or Angie, but if you're a program or department manager, how how can you get volunteers to support programming? Are you able to help a department determine if a volunteer option is best for you know what is the best option for support? What what goes into that thinking and and decision making? Um, any department or area that's interested in having volunteers can just email us. We have a form that we use that they would complete, and it helps us identify what the volunteer responsibilities would be, um, the days and times they want volunteers or when those volunteers are needed, and some other key pieces of information. We really can place volunteers in, in any, any place that thinks they want them. Um, but volunteers just have to be uh, trained to do what they're, they're asked to do, and they can't be replacing a staff role. So um, that's really important. Um, just because you, you know you lost staff, you can't ask for a volunteer to do that. So um, but the volunteers really are there to support the clinical staff and support the patients and families. So um, we are happy to help identify areas that could use use some assistance. All right, Brenda, you've been very patient. So let's bring you into the conversation now. You mentioned you volunteer at Mott. What has been you know, your favorite experience there so far? Yeah, of course. Uh, so like you said, I volunteer at MOTS. I'm a volunteer at the ER. Um, and I think my favorite part of volunteering is getting to interact with the patients. So the children get really excited when you get to share some toys or keep them entertained by like talking to them, talking joke, maybe coloring with them. And it means a lot because they're in an environment that maybe they don't feel comfortable in. It's a little uncertain. And having a face that can do something fun with them is really exciting. 
And so what is your advice for people who want to volunteer? How did you get into it? Why are you doing it? And you know, what type of things do you, would you want to tell somebody else about it? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I think in terms of advice, I don't think you necessarily need to be someone who wants to go into healthcare as a career. It's a great opportunity for anyone who wants to serve their community. I think there are lots of parts of volunteering where just seeing the joy on families' faces or seeing patients feel more satisfied with the care they're receiving is worth whatever time you're taking out of your busy day. So I think I would tell new volunteers or potential volunteers to have an open mind about it and try something even if they've never thought about it before. I think that's great advice. Now we've had a, a, a tremendous conversation so far. I just wanna give the, the other three an opportunity. What would sort of be a lasting uh, you know, thought that you wanna leave our listeners and viewers today with? I think from an internal perspective, um, just um, for our partners internally, letting them know that um, they can have a placement, how to, re you know, to reach out to us um, to request a placement, the understanding that the volunteer has to be 18 or over, the understanding that we will provide um, the compliant training as it is required here at UM Health. They will be required to provide um, an internal departmental orientation so that the volunteer understands the scope of the work that they um, will be completing. Also, in addition to understand that um, they cannot, <laughs> we cannot have volunteers replacing actual FTE or work roles. It is very important that they know and understand volunteers can come in to help with tasks, but they can't replace um, FTEs. And then on the other side for the volunteers, mm -hmm. just to be open, be open to trying something new, be open to asking about the placements that are available. What does that look like? And we have... Um, uh, slots that can almost accommodate any schedule. So just um, being made aware of that. And then also making sure that they're choosing the right um, track. So is it a volunteering experience you want? Do you want to actually work in a lab or are you looking for a volunteer experience? Do you want to work in a clinical area? Um, being open to it, but having an understanding that there's a requirement that you're looking for for school or there's a requirement that you're looking for um, in terms of volunteering that, to accomplish um, that we can make sure that we can align you with the right experience for you. Um, I'd like to add to that. I think um, we do have a lot of different placements um, here on main campus, but also off site. So um, Northville, Brighton, you know, so if people want to volunteer in, in other areas, not right here on main campus, those are available um, too. And then um, I talk to so many volunteers and so many of them do say they get more out of the volunteer experience than what they're giving. Um, a lot of people walk away from volunteering uh, feeling very good about themselves, about their experience for a lot of different reasons. The, the interactions that Brenda mentioned with the um, patients and families, but also the staff. Um, we recently had the opportunity to talk to the medical school admissions um, department, and they really reassured us. Some, so many volunteers come to us and say, I need clinical experience, but um, they're not necessarily looking for that when they're looking um, at your volunteer experience. What they want to know is that you are immersed in the clinical setting, and they know that you're not going to be doing clinical work as a volunteer, but um, they reassured us that the volunteer roles we have really do support those people going into the medical field um, because, again, you're immersed in, in the setting and, and you learn so much from how, how staff interact with the patients and families, even when they're stressed 
um, or how families and, and patients interact with the staff when they're stressed, right? Because being in the medical setting is stressful. We never know if someone got a new diagnosis or a new prognosis today. So um, for those people going into the medical field and being immersed in the setting and just observing and taking it all in and, and what soft skills did you, did you pick up while you were here? Um, communication skills, time management, um, all of those things are important to when you're applying to different programs in the medical field. Yeah, I like to say that it takes all of us to take care of all of us. Um, and so I think that there is opportunities for us to care for one another and show up for one another in all different spaces that we are. And so I just would really encourage folks to, to think about what things they might get involved in, what things they care about. Um, for some people, it might be Meals on Wheels. For other people, it might be something with internal within the hospital. Um, but as Angie and Deanna have shared, uh, there are just so many opportunities to volunteer within our community here at UMH and Michigan Medicine. And um, we all have something we can give back and we all have um, something that we can learn from each other. And we also at Ann Arbor Meals on Wheels hear so often from our volunteers years, how much they they benefit and appreciate the opportunity to show up and volunteer and care for their neighbors in some really tangible ways and are finding that they are often receiving much more than they feel like they are giving back to their community. Um, and it's just really, it can be a very mutually beneficial um, relationship and a worthwhile endeavor to volunteer. I love that. I think that's the perfect takeaway. Thank you so much to all four of you for giving us insight into volunteer opportunities at Michigan Medicine. If you want to learn more about volunteer services and how you can get involved, go to mmheadlines.org. That's mmheadlines.org. And with that, it is time for the lightning round when we ask our guests, or at least one guest, four quick fire questions that they have never seen before. Angie, you're in the hot seat. We're putting you front and center today. Are you ready? I'm ready. All right, here we go. <laughs> Today was all about volunteering, of course. Do you or your family have any volunteering traditions? Well, we did. Our family has grown a bit. My daughter is now a graduate of college and she's an engineer, so she's a little further away. Um, but I can say up to the time um, that we went into the pandemic, um, every year we would purchase turkeys, we would purchase different um, breads from the bakeries, and we would, at my mother's house, cook all of these turkeys and prepare all of these sandwiches. And we would go downtown Detroit and just hand those sandwiches out. And that was the biggest part. And, and this is the thing, all of that was before we came back home to prepare our own meal and cook. So you know how earlier this, this was, but it was a, a big part. Um, and it was a tradition. I think my mom created it to really bring my daughter into volunteering experiences where she could be there with her. And then as we could, we could take that on as a family and just um, bring other members of our family into it, whether they could or they couldn't come, it wouldn't stop the show. It would still happen, but they had this option before they partook of their meal to make sure that others had a meal. So that was kind of like my mom's philosophy around it. Uh, I love it. That That's a very sweet sentiment. It's awesome to hear. So obviously you have some roots in Michigan. Um, last week, of course, was the Michigan versus Michigan State game. Are you into football at all? And if not, are there any sports that you are a fan of? I am more in a top 10 basketball, but that's just my thing. Um, 
So yeah, I, I didn't watch the game. Where I was, I was traveling for a conference. So I didn't watch the game. I was traveling to a conference. Um, but then I started getting the calls. And so, yeah, I'll just say that. And my eyes yeah. are big. So, you know, I'm going with that. Woo, go blue, right? So, <laughs> That's right. I don't have to say anything else about that. <laughs> All right. This week was National Food Day. So we have to ask you, what's your favorite meal that you would want to eat over and over? Oh, Everyone that knows me knows this. Everyone that's kind of knows me. Yeah, pizza. Oh, breakfast pizza, like dessert pizza, pizza pizza. Doesn't even matter. Doesn't pizza matter. Pizza. That's it. When <laughs> and I don't. My mom says college did that to me. You know, but I don't know. You, you know, you get five dollars. You get the largest pieces you could get, and then that was breakfast, lunch, dinner. Maybe it, I just kept it, but I just love it so much. I think you can't go wrong. It's deep dish, thin crust. Don't matter. Okay. <laughs> you need to latch on to some company and start promoting them. <laughs> My All mom right, says that this, the way you talk about it, yeah, you did. Yeah, she said the same thing. Yes, love pizza. Not that we want to lose you from volunteer services, but however, if you need a second career, you're ready to be a pitch woman for that. All right. So it's fall and warm drinks are all the rage this year. Uh, what are you more into? Anything pumpkin spice or hot apple cider? Oh, pumpkin spice for sure. Yeah. Wrong choice. Yes. Yeah. Hands down. Pumpkin spice lattes. Yeah. Hands down. I'm going to disagree with you and go with the hot apple cider, but that's okay. Thank you so much, Angie, for playing along. You're you are welcome. a great sport. Um, and thank you to all four of you for sharing your experiences and telling us all about volunteer opportunities here at Michigan Medicine. If you want to learn more about that, go to mmheadlines.org. That's mmheadlines.org. And while you're there, you can check out other future stories from this week, including a profile on information assurance, which keeps us cyber safe, and a feature on how labs are working to become as environmentally friendly as possible. All right, Jeremy, as we noted with Angie, and she gave an incredible answer, uh, this week's episode is all about volunteering. So do you or your family do much volunteering? So right now, it's been tough to do a lot of volunteering. Our kids are, are pretty young. Um, however, um, in the past, we did lots of awesome things. Uh, when I was in high school, we used to volunteer at a um, an elderly home. Uh, to folks who needed assistance getting around, we'd read stories, we would help them with like basic needs, stories, whatever you need to tell. Um, when I was uh, much younger, we used to work at a golf tournament where we, you know, would spend hundreds of hours setting things up, sending people out, figuring, you know, different jobs and tasks. Um, that was a lot of fun because it kind of crossed the interest of of helping the tournament and being involved in sports, but the sports aspect of it, there was a lot of money that went to charity. So that was a great way to give back and, and kind of combine those two worlds together. How about you? Yeah, so right now, um, my wife and I uh, volunteer for the Wolverines, which is the wheelchair basketball team here at Michigan Medicine, the children's wheelchair basketball team. I'm the head coach. She's one of the assistant coaches. Um, so we do that every week, and it's so much fun working with the kids and teaching them a sport and things like that. So um, we have a ton of fun with that. Growing up, I um, for about a decade, I worked closely with the March of Dimes. I was a Goodwill ambassador for the March of Dimes and did all sorts of events for them and helped raise money for them and raise awareness on folic acid for those who are pregnant to help avoid birth defects and things like that. Um, so uh, my family has sort of a long tradition of of the volunteering and and. Um, you know, I think what 
the message that people said earlier that sometimes the volunteers get as much out of it as the people who benefit from the volunteering. I think that's totally true. I mean, sometimes after basketball practice, I like have a high, right? Like you just feel so good after doing it and it's just so much fun and um, things like that, that I'd probably get more out of it than the kids do. So um, yeah, volunteering is great. I love it. Well, and in so many ways, volunteering doesn't feel like a task or a chore, right? I mean, I didn't even consider it, but like coaching my son's baseball and basketball team this past year was a blast. I didn't consider volunteering. I just consider it something fun to do with him. Yeah. And obviously you you get a lot of that uh, doing the Wolverines. So that's wonderful yeah. to hear. Yeah. Um, okay, so it's time for the, the trivia contest. This week's question is a story last week in headlines highlighted which programs were run by the Gifts of Art. Once again, a feature story run in headlines last week highlighted which programs are run by Gifts of Art. Once you know the answer, send it to headlines at med.umich.edu for a chance to win a prize. That's all the time we have for this week. Thank you so much to all of our guests for joining us. And thanks, as always, to our listeners and viewers for everything you do for patients, families, and each other. We'll see you next week. <laughs>